The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, Debo Samuel? Yeah. <laughs> no, we, um, uh, look, we, <laughs> we've, uh, yeah, I was, I was, um, no, we, um, you know, we're excited about, you know, the talent we have on the roster. We're also excited about uh, the prospects in this draft class. And um, I think it's, uh, we've shown every every indication of, you know, where we're going with this thing. And we're going to build for the draft and, and having 12 picks and having flexibility year in and year out is something um, that we're certainly putting a lot of stock in. And, and like I said, we're excited to add uh, talent on both sides of the football and, and work through the draft and, and get young and, and get deep. And finally, we are back. It is the NFL Draft. Uh, we, we had to sneak in. BK, Sert is in the building. I'm riding the show show and BK on the Chiefs. We had to sneak in as uh, the draft is getting going later on tonight. And um, I, I, listen, tell me if I'm, I'm wrong here, fellas, which I'm probably not. I know I have. I'm guessing you all have been. I've just got so many takes stored inside of my vessel. This vessel of me. I've got so many takes. Take, 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 take. I am so ready to unload all of these takes that I have been holding in, baby. Give me a little about all the movies you've been seeing. No, I saw the Northman. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but it's absolutely incredible. Did you yeah. see the Batman, Serta? We can have a conversation about what that. What are here. we doing oh, here? Yeah. <laughs> see, three times in theaters. Not only that, I did order the Art of the Batman book. It's a coffee table book. I've really expanded my uh, my, my catalog of books this year. Stop it! By the way, I have actually checked out First Lady. It's a great show coming together so so far right now, and I've checked out this on Showtime. I didn't know this was on. This uh, this. This uh, like the story of of Uber and how Uber was was made. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He is. It's like a show, man. I, ah. I wrote three episodes last night. Yeah. Hey, that that that, that, that me. Anyway, makes billions. Stop it. stop it! Don't get me off off topic. All right. I've been. I have. I've got so many takes. I've been listening. I listened to our our, our Tom Childs and come. I listened to the British guys, who you can hear on Arrowhead Pride. Of the podcast network, I listen to those guys coming in. They start talking about England and U.S. about soccer. They were fired up about this. I was, I, I was listening to them. I was listening to Coast to Coast. I got words for Mark Gunnels. I'm going to tell you that Mark Gunnels has lost his mind. He is on that good cush in L.A. I don't know what happened 
on on the set of Speak for Yourself. I don't know what happened to Gunnels, but we will address his silliness. I love you. I love you. But you tripping. You tripping. We'll discuss that. But I've been listening. I've been hearing all these takes, and I've had them stored up, baby. I, I can't wait. Would you – am I off with this? This is, I think, the most important draft for the Chiefs since the Patrick Mahomes draft. I think this is – I think it was clear after the Chiefs had that debacle by losing at home to Marcus Mariota. After that, you knew, like, they got to make some some changes at the quarterback position and who were they going to get. They had Deshaun coming out. They had Mahomes coming out. They had they had guys coming out. You knew that. This was an important draft. I think this is the most important draft since then. I agree because this is the second era, if you will, with Mahomes. Like, you had the yep. first stretch where he was in the offense and it was one of the greatest things we've ever seen in Kansas City and really in the NFL. You've got Tyreek Hill, you've got Travis Kelsey, you got Patrick Mahomes. In the first half of that, you also had uh, one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL as well. So you had all of that, and then you've got the title, you've got going to the AFC Championship game every year that he's a starter, and abruptly it came to an end. The weird play at the end of that first half, Ron, against Cincinnati, that is going to go down as one of the most consequential plays in Chiefs franchise history. It's unbelievable. Like, that is the moment. I still can't believe it. I still cannot believe that he made that decision. It, it, it's unbelievable. So you've got that moment, and then the Chiefs lose at that game after looking unstoppable in the first half offensively. And I think, at least in part, that led to some of the decisions that we're seeing this offseason. Teams clearly, I you can't say they figured out what the Chiefs were doing offensively because the Chiefs were still one of the five best offenses in the league last year. So that would be wrong. But they slowed them down. They made it harder for them to do what they were trying to do with Tyreek Hill specifically. And the Chiefs decided, you know what? We're going to go a new route now. We've got these big receivers that are going to be physical and they're going to win one-on-one. They're going to win across the middle. And if teams are going to play us this way and it's going to make Tyreek Hill less valuable as a deep threat by doing those two high shells, okay, we're going to adjust. And now they've adjusted. And now this draft, with all of the capital that they have, Ron, they have two times more first-round picks this year than they have had in the entire rest of the uh, Brett Veach era. He's made one first-round pick so far. He's got two this year. So if you're looking at how consequential this draft is, you got two in the first, you got two in the second, you got two in the third, you got two in the fourth. Is a whole lot of draft capital for one Brett Veach, and he has got to knock it out of the park. All right, listen, we got time to really kick our feet up and, and get to this as uh, as we as we roll through on this draft special. Uh, I, I just want to do some 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 discussion before we get to the draft and get to all of that. The first, I mean, they're going to be active. The Chiefs should be one of the most active teams in this entire draft. Let's. I just want to check in. How how are we feeling post Tyreek Hill trade? All right, we did an emergency show uh, during the Tyreek Hill trade, and when that occurred, when he went to the Dolphins. Now we've had some time since that's happened. We've seen the Chiefs have made some moves. They added uh, Martet. What the hell is that boy's name? Something Marquez, Scantley. and he'll tell you if you get it wrong. Marquez, yeah, Van Valdez, Scantley, yeah, uh, MV M- MVS. Yeah, they've added him, which is uh, okay. Um, And they've done some things, and now we've set yourself up for the draft. How are we feeling post-Tyreek Hill trade? 
I feel fine. And mm-hmm. that's as far as I'm willing to take it. I feel pretty good about where they're at for this year. I think if you've got three of your top four receivers being MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, and McCall Hardman, you're okay. Not great, but you're okay. You can make it through the season if that's all you had, and you'd be all right with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, especially when you know Travis Kelsey is going to factor into that mix. I'm worried about the defense. I don't think that they have a defense right now that if you went into the season today, you could play football. They're not there yet. They need some players from this draft that are going to be starters for them immediately on that side of the football. So I feel fine. I am a little worried given what the rest of the AFC has done this offseason, that if you go into the season without getting significant impact players with your top four picks, I think the AFC has caught up to you in a lot of ways, where it's going to be really tough for you to be able to convince yourself the Chiefs are a top one, two, maybe even three team in the conference right now. But I feel much better today than I did the day that 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 trade went down. Sort of where are you at on them? Yeah, I... When the trade happened, I was just like, this is absurd. Like, you can't replace Tyreek Hill. I feel better about it now because I I, I do think in the long run, it's probably the right move. And Tyreek Hill could still be fantastic moving forward and still go on this Hall of Fame trajectory that he's on. We'll, We'll see how that goes. But I do think there's something to be said for the Chiefs realizing like in the middle of those contract negotiations, because the Tyreek Hill thing is what kept them from spending money in free agency because they had to get that money moved around a little bit. I think that them acknowledging it and saying like, okay, it's time to move him and it's time to build for the future. It's time. It's time to totally revamp this thing in a lot of ways. And in a way that we haven't had to do in several years, especially since we've had Patrick Mahomes, I think that makes me confident in them because that means that they're planning for multiple scenarios, which I don't think you can always say about NFL organizations. And I don't think they're always great at planning ahead and, and executing those plans. That to me says the chiefs have a plan in place and they had multiple plans in place in case of a situation like this. So I like all of that. Now it's just about, okay. Like BK said, you have to get some day one players in this draft. Like you've got to come out of this draft the way you came out of last year's draft with day one players who are going to contribute to your team. So I'll know a little bit more after the NFL draft, but I feel better about it right now. Uh, Yeah, I, I feel better than I did before, but my overall feeling about this team and this season has not changed much. Like I still, think as i said when it happened i think buffalo is the favorite in the afc now to me Uh, depending on when deshaun watson is allowed to play i think cleveland is is a problem they've got more weapons on both sides of the ball the damn chargers are going to be an issue Um, all of the teams in the west are going to be be an issue like right now when you start to look at offense and defense like there's a real argument that the Chiefs are the least talented team out of this division. I mean, they've got the coach and the quarterback in a major way, but you go look at the weapons, the skilled position weapons that the Raiders and the and the Broncos and Chargers put together, I don't think the Chiefs even with Kelsey are there with I think they're the, the back end and then as you said so eloquently, let's not even talk about the defense. 
all of those teams have gone book in to do everything they can to stop you, and you have not done much but bring back Frank Clark. I mean, you've added Justin Reed. I like that move at, at, in the secondary. We're finally going to move past uh, the great white hope and Dan Sorensen. But I like I I need to see some more. So listen, I feel better. I've taken a deep breath and I said, okay, I can envision a little bit the things that you were saying, BK, from that night. I can envision this offense still working and then maybe just going in a different direction of how they do it. But that defense is the thing that has to come back. Like, if you're going to take steps back offensively, and listen, I don't care what you say, however you feel about Tyreek Hill. Like, this is, like that dude is a dude and one of the most uh, feared players in the game. Before the snap, he absolutely changed the game with how people how to def- had to defend you. All right? So, I, I you're going to And, and Ron, a- to that point – Bill Belichick told you that. Bill Belichick, yes. when you would play the Patriots, what was his number one thing he was taking away? He didn't want Tyreek Hill to beat him beat to beat him deep. That that's the best defensive mind in the history of football saying that's the guy I'm scared about. So yeah, that changes it changed the way how teams could could pressure the quarterback. It changed the way no there was no blitz. Like so they've got to figure out a different way. But it is plausible. They just have to fix They've got to – if they're going to fall back in some areas, they've got to really push up. And they have not done that thus far, but they do have a lot of ammo in the draft. So I, I feel better, but my feeling of where they are, where I see them in the pecking order of the AFC, has not changed from the day they traded him to Miami. We'll see what they do in the draft. And I think that says as much about the AFC right now as it does the Chiefs. Like yes. There was a time where – they stacked. There was a time, maybe five years ago, where I would feel okay about where the Chiefs are right now because you'd look around and be like, okay, well, there's really nothing else. Like it's the Chiefs and the Patriots, and then everybody else kind of stacking up behind them. You mentioned Buffalo. New England should be pretty solid this year, but they're like the seventh best team in the AFC. Cincinnati. Yeah, we haven't. Still- we have. I was going to say we hadn't even talked about the the the, the AFC champs. And do you guys think the Baltimore is going to be bad again this year? Because I sure don't. I think they're going to be pretty solid no, this they're year. They're on a mission. They had so many injuries. Prior to the season starting, they'll get a lot of those guys back and Lamar. They were the number one seed when Lamar got hurt. And Ron, you mentioned quarterback coach. I'll take the Chiefs over any of them. And typically, that's the way that I like to pick it. If you got the quarterback, you got the coach, you got a pretty good shot to be there at the end. But you look two through 53 at a lot of these rosters. Buffalo's better right now. Cincinnati, you could probably make a pretty solid argument, is better than you right now. Cleveland is definitely deeper than you. Baltimore, I think, is pretty similar to you at a minimum. Uh, I think in the division right now, you'd probably take, and I know this starts to hear, Chiefs fans, I get it, and I'm not taking them quarterback and coach over you, but two through 53, Vegas, Chargers, Denver, all probably better than you. It Dude, might you not just, matter because you got the coach and the quarterback, but, nah, but we got we got to be honest. different teams. BK, you talked about the defense. I mean, just think about that as you're sitting right here, as you're listening, whatever, just think about it. This Chiefs defense as it is looking right now, Darren Waller, who the hell's going to cover him? Devontae Adams, who the hell's going to cover him? Hunter Renfro, what the hell are you going to – I mean th- – I mean, And who's host- rushing the passer outside of Chris Jones? That's the other right, problem. Right, Like you, you got know, that ba- that issue on the back end, and also we can't rush the passer from the edge. Yeah. It, it, it's tough, man. And so I, I'm not saying all of this to be dire. I still think the Chiefs win 10-plus games even as oh, is just being because real. they got the quarterback. But this is where when you said at the beginning, Ron – 
this is the biggest draft since 2017. This is why. Because they're still supposed to be going for Super Bowls right now, and there are a lot of questions about this team currently. Yeah, man. They, yeah, they uh, they, they got to pick it up. With that, with that being said, before we even get to the trade and they've got uh, to the draft, they've got so many picks there, as you said, two in the first, two in the second, two in the third, two in the fourth. Any way that they use any of that ammunition to add to their team? Because we've just gone through the rosters of these AFC, especially these West teams, who have just said to hell with it. They have gone and just, we're going to get Khalil Mack. We're going to get Randy Gregory. We're going to get Chandler Jones. We're going to get Devontae Adams. I mean, we're going to go and change our J.C. Jackson. We're going to change our team. There are some players out there that are on the trade block, especially players at that wide re- wide receiver position that the Chiefs need in there, or you could see need some help with. Debo Samuel jumps out. I don't think A.J. Brown is really on the table, but in Tennessee he wants a new contract. And then we've talked about D.K. Metcalf before. You fellas see any chance – and I- I'll let you go, Serta, because you, you, you really – probably pay attention to a lot of this a little bit more in terms of trades and 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 what teams really want in the first round do you see it you see any way that the chiefs make a move trade wise in this draft yeah i i think they are gonna trade because they've got 12 total picks and i don't think they're gonna draft 12 total players like that's just a really, really big draft class under any circumstance. And, and I, I just don't think that they're actually going to do it. But as far as trading for like one of those star wide receivers, like if Terry McLaurin or, or Debo Samuel could really be had at a, a reasonable cost. And I, and I'm talking about like what Tyree kill was traded for. That would be incredible. Those are guys you want on your team. Those are superstar caliber players that absolutely make you better. I don't think that they can be had for what Tyreek Hill was sold for. And you'd still have to pay those players. Like I think at this point it is as far as like wide receivers go for the chiefs, it's no, you just have to draft one. But if we're talking about trading up for one of the edge players, that's where it's going to have to happen. And I think it's going to have to happen in the first round because there's a pretty steep drop off. So if they really want to get a guy that they feel comfortable can be a day one contributor there, which is their biggest need on the roster. And it's not even close, then they're going to have to make a trade, but I kind of see them being a lot busier trading up in like, you know, like second, third, fourth, like stuff like that, just kind of swapping picks and moving things around to try to jump up ahead of teams for, for some other guys that they like. I don't know if I necessarily believe they're going to move up, in a big way in the first round. Yeah, so, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna have movement in that. That it, it, I think they're gonna be moving a lot over the next several days in the draft. I'm just wondering if they're gonna be moving prior to that puppy for a veteran. Like, are they, like, are they gonna like you? You brought up two names there, Terry McLaren and 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 uh, and, and, and Debo, Debo Samuel. And listen, Debo's names. He's been the hot one. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I said this, I tweeted this out, and I do believe this. If the Chiefs could make Debo Samuel happen, I think that they would they would automatically move back up to the top of the AFC, in my, in my opinion. I think he is that good. I think it looks different than Tyreek, it, it, and it is a different skill set. But with Andy Reid and, and Biennemi and Mahomes, this dude is – a dude he was a top five offensive player and i'm not even going to use the language of 
he was a top five offensive player last year that are non-quarterbacks. I think Debo Samuel was a top five offensive player, including all positions last year. He was absolutely special and was what, what made their offense go. And I want to pull the car over right here, Mark Gunnels. Mark Gunnels, I was listening to Coast to Coast. And I love you, man. I love you, brother. I love your rise. I love what you're doing. You're absolutely insane with what you said in your draft of talking about Debo Samuel. Are you kidding me? You don't know how he would fit here in Kansas City? You're not sure if he'll be able to be used? Will you stop? Are you kidding me? I think Andy and Eric would figure out a way to use him in the run game, in the passing game. I don't know if he's a straight type of wide receiver. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it good enough that he played with with Joe with with, with, with old nasty ass what the hell's his damn name? Jimmy Garoppolo and his average ass. And I was gonna played, start naming other 49ers quarterbacks until so you got and, it. And, got and it. then he played probably two or three games with Trey Lance, who clearly isn't ready. And he had more yards receiving than Tyreek Hill did. And Tyreek's playing with, with Patrick Mahomes and Andy. And Andy's throwing at every play. He had 1,400-plus yards receiving. Not total. Receiving. That's more than Tyreek hit. Almost 200 yards. That's more than Stephon Diggs had. No, this dude is a dynamite receiver. A dude that can go up and be physical and just go win close ball ba battles. He just makes plays. And in a different way, he can go to the house. Right. And he could, so he could be a receiver. He could be a runner. He can be all that. He would work in a major way for the Chiefs. I've just backed off to the point of, all right, is it worth the money and the assets that you have to go get him with everything that they need? I can back off of that. Now, if they said they would go get Debo, I think, I think the NFL world deserves to see how Andy and Eric and Pat would use that. I'd be all right, let's go. But I can understand, and I've backed off from when that, that talk first started happening, that, no, I, I think I would trust Pat and Andy that they can develop things and get, a, and get a receiver and get an offense that works with them. But Debo would totally be a great fit, would totally make sense. Debo would be amazing. I mean, he's a, a legitimate superstar in this league right now. I don't know what he's going to look like five years from now if he stays in that offense, and I think that's why he's thinking about – Eh, it might be best for me to get up elsewhere because if I'm going to be a running back, yeah, I know three years from now I'm probably going to get cut and I'm not going to get another big-time deal. If, it, if I go be a receiver somewhere else where they value me the way that your typical receivers are, I'm going to get another big deal after this one. So that's probably what's in his mind right now. I just don't think it's going to be likely. I don't think that they're going to be willing to give up the type of capital that it will take to get him when you've got a team like the Jets that is probably going to be willing to give up that number 10 overall pick. She just can't match that. Like you'd have to give up 29, 30 and more to be able to match the value of that number 10 overall pick plus potentially something else that the Jets okay. would give up in their desperation. So I don't think that it's a reasonable thing for them to go get him, but he's not the only name that's out there. And that's what I think makes this exciting is like if AJ Brown were available, he's not, but if he were, I'd give up 29, 30 right now in a heartbeat. He's the guy that you 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 send it all for. Whatever your draft assets are, you go get A.J. Brown and you make that work and you pay him whatever he wants. He's that good. Um, I would actually have him on my board above Debo. I think he's a superstar in the making. He's just been held back by the fact that he's got 
a pretty crappy situation for him in uh, Tennessee right now. DK Metcalf, I'd be fine with him sending a first-round pick. That's pretty much it. He's a good player, a really good player, but he's limited. He's going to be that take-the-top-off-the-defense style of wide receiver, and we saw last year that can be limited by what you're doing defensively against the Chiefs, and basically everybody in this division is running that defense now. I like McLaurin. I'm not sure I'd be willing to pay him what he's going to no. ultimately get, and I think there's a lot of receivers in this year's draft that I could get to do something similar to what McLaurin gives you, and they'll do it for a tenth of what the price is going to be for Terry McLaurin. The other guys that are out there right now are LaVisca Chenault, who I'm not all that interested in at this point, unless you could get him for super cheap, like a fourth round pick, pick 135. Sure, maybe give him that, but that's about it. Kadarius Tony, no interest in whatsoever. If you could get him for one of your sevenths, go for it. Otherwise, not interested. Don't don't need Kadarius Tony on this team. You've got somebody that's just as good and less of a headache um right now on the roster in McCole Hardman. So I'm good on that. The two guys that I would pay attention to, though. These are the two names that I actually think are potentially likely on day three. James Bradbury, the cornerback from the New York Giants, I think will be traded in this year's draft because the Giants cannot sign their draft picks until they trade him. I'm not joking. This is not me exaggerating. They literally do not have the cap space to sign their draft picks this year until they trade James Bradbury. He's the only guy that's actually able to get them this kind of cap space in return. They're going to have to eat some of that money on the deal. He's not going to come over and make 12, 15 million bucks for the Chiefs. If you could get him at like seven, eight, nine million dollars and you could get him for a fourth round pick, that is perfect. He can start for you at cornerback next year and you feel really good about it. So Bradbury's one that I would watch. I think he ends up being a Chief. The other guy worth monitoring, Ron, is Robert Quinn. There was some buzz about this yesterday that Robert Quinn might, might be available via trade. Ryan Poles is now in charge of the Chicago Bears. He has the history here in Kansas City. You literally just got a third-round comp pick at number 103 overall for Ryan Poles being hired in Chicago. I would trade that to Chicago for Robert Quinn, and he can start opposite Frank Clark, and I could have my edge rusher that I draft be the number three guy in that rotation behind him and Frank Clark, and I feel great about what that looks like for you up front. So those are the two guys worth monitoring. I would say Bradbury is much more likely, but I think they are both more likely than any of the receivers to be in Kansas City. And that's because Ryan's black. Uh, that's why they got the comp pick in the third round for those one. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> Just wanted to clear that up for you. Well, why they get that comp pick for? Because Ryan's black. Waiting on another one, Eric. Um, no, uh, so you know that there, there's a lot there. The James Bradbury thing. They they have got to get. A, a a starting corner, right? That would I mean, be they're huge. Brad Bradbury's super underrated too. But He's that, a really really good player. He had a really that, crappy that, season, and you're going to hear that a lot. But he he played in a horrible situation in New York. Nobody wanted to be there. Joe, Joe Judge was the worst head coach in the NFL last year. When uh, when Stephon Gilmore went and, and, and made his move with the Colts, that felt like. Boy, the, the Chiefs got to make that Bradbury move work, and, and, and we'll see what happens. I, I bet you they have been in talks for a minute here and, and trying to figure that out, and they're going to go all the way to the end here. But, uh, no, that, that'll that be interesting to see what happens there. I Yeah, the receiver thing, I, I, I think it's probably best to back off of that um, at this point because of what it's it's worth, and I think you got to start to trust other things around uh, your team. Thank you. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's 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 tackle this as we get to the draft in the first round, and that's what everybody is 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 hard up about. And the and the and the uh, and the Astros and the Chiefs have <laughs> and the Chiefs have two in the first it's round. Not what I thought you were about to say there. <laughs> no, I, I thought just going for the a hole. No, uh, <laughs> the Chiefs have the Chiefs have twenty nine and thirty in the first round, and that's what people are wondering with here. Um, it, I'm not sure if they'll stay there. I won't be surprised if they don't. But with they got two first round picks, what are, what are we thinking they won't go with? I know they're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Probably not. Offensive line, maybe not. But outside of that, man, I it feels like there there are a few places that they they would go. But the, but I, I, not punter and kicker either. I think you can go ahead and rule those out. Yeah, there is a Maybe. punter that should be drafted by the fourth round, and I'd be fine with the Chiefs taking it. Well, James play. Winchester better be looking over his shoulder. <laughs> uh, I would be stunned if this team takes an offensive lineman. I'd be surprised if they take a running back. And I'm talking first round here. Yeah. Uh, tight end, there are no tight ends worthy of a first round pick. They ain't taking one there. Uh, cornerback is another spot that, Ron, we just know this team does not value that position that way. And you can hate it all you want. I can hate it all I want. They ain't taking a cornerback in the first round. Second round, 50, 62. All right, we can talk there. They are not taking a, a first round. Yeah, they just don't value that position the way that I do. Yeah, it, it's just not going to happen. So uh, those are the spots that I think are completely off of the table. I guess I they think- didn't see Mike Hughes who got shot uh, over there on the sideline as, as Gabe Davis is just running past him in the end zone. I guess they didn't value that. James Bradbury, that's what he's here for, to to be able to not have that happen against him. Um, But wide receiver, very much on the table. Defensive end, defensive tackle, I think both on the table. Safe tackle, you think? I think defensive tackle is very much on the table. We can get into that if you want. Safety, I think, very much on the table for the Chiefs as well. I think that's pretty much where you're focusing in the first round this year. I'd be surprised by just about anything else. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that, and and because this team is still a Super Bowl, they, they fancy themselves. I know the fan base does. I know everybody listening to this right now fancies the Chiefs as a Super Bowl level team. Well, they have some very clear holes and clear needs, and we, I, I think, the three major ones are edge rusher, pass rusher, hell, but edge rusher for the most part. 
so Chris Jones, they don't even have to think about moving him to the outside. But edge rusher, corner, and wide receiver. Like, those are the three spots that are really clear, clear needs for this team. And I would just – I would throw this out. How should they handle this then? How should they handle – know they have clear needs, understanding – what the landscape of the AFC has been, as we've talked about it, all these other teams, like this is what's happened to me, it seems. All these other teams have said, to hell with it. We are not going to let these jokers just run through this conference without without actually standing up to it. And everybody has just put their team together to be to try to, to over overmatch the Chiefs. And at this point, as these rosters, as we talked about it, it seems like some of these teams have been successful. They've got clear needs. How aggressive should they be? How aggressive should the Chiefs be, in your opinion, Serta, as they as they enter this draft? Man, I got a little ahead of myself earlier when I started talking about yeah, the we draft rates. And <laughs> like I already said, I, I think that if there is an edge rusher that you deem like, okay, we got to get up and, and get that guy, I, I think that you have to do it. But I do think that there's enough guys that you don't necessarily have to jump into like the top 10. And the way we're talking about this right now is like, there might be like four pass rushers taken in the top five or something like that. The way people are starting to hype up these guys. So you might wind up having to move up a little bit early, but I think there's some interesting teams in the like 17 to 20 range that you, that might be interested in moving back. If if you can make it happen, but I, I do think that they need to be aggressive because I don't think they're going to utilize all of those 12 picks like, or I don't think they're going to roster all of those players. So I, I think that the aggression, we could see them trying to make that move in the first round. But again, I think there's going to be a lot of moving around in the second, third and fourth round where they've identified some guys that they really like and having the excess picks, it gives you a little bit more freedom to say like, okay, we can jump up seven spots in the third round to go grab this dude to make sure this team doesn't take him. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of that from the Chiefs. Let's talk edge rushers first, Ron, because I think there's two different conversations that are kind of happening simultaneously, and you have to have them both to be able to be realistic about what this Chiefs draft is going to look like. Edge rusher, I think there's two guys that are going to go top five. It's Hutchison and Trevon Walker, who's probably going to be the number one overall pick, which is wild to me, but uh, welcome to the 2022 at, draft. Mocked at 30 to the Chiefs, and now number one overall. Yeah, it, it's one of the most stunning, like from the start of the draft process until the actual draft, one of the most stunning rises I think I've seen in Unreal. the last 20 years. Um, there are three guys, though, that could potentially be trade-up candidates for the Chiefs. And it's Thibodeau, who I absolutely love. If you could get Kayvon Thibodeau, and it means trading 29 and 30 to go get him, Ron, I'm doing it. That guy is a stud, and he should be a top five pick in this year's draft. I'll, um, I'll, I'll let you go. I've got some some issues with Kayvon. Oh, come on, man. He's I don't have guy. any issues with him. I think all the issues with him are totally made up. Let's go. I, oh, I don't. I, I think we'll he get is there. showing we'll get it there. himself. He's, we'll get got, there. he's got some real Kyrie Irving vibes to him. But go ahead. Oh, come on. Because he likes NFT? Get out of here. I like Kayvon Thibodeau a ton. Uh, George Karloftis is a typical Chiefsy, Spagsy defensive end. He doesn't know how to bend. He can't bend at all. Like, if you put a quarter on the ground and he had to turn around to get it, he, he has no chance of getting there. Uh, but he's a good player, nonetheless. He's powerful. He's strong. He's going to be a good player. I don't know if he can be a great player in the league. 
you probably have to trade up into the top 20 to be able to get him. The guy that is having a like surprising week of rise, according to us, these guys all, they were on the boards where they were, but Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State is suddenly getting top five or 10 buzz. I'm not moving up that high for him. If you could get him at like 18, sure. I'm more than happy to do it. You trade 30, you trade 50, and you go up and get Jermaine Johnson. I'm here for that. He's going to be a good player, I think but I'm not willing to go top 15 for him. So the two guys that I think are most likely for the Chiefs to trade up for, George Karloftis in that 15 to 20 range, and then Kayvon Thibodeau if he falls into that 10-ish range. Uh, with the thought of do they need to be aggressive? Correct. Um, and, and I would be for either of those two guys because if you wait to 29 I, or 30, you're not getting a day one impact guy at defensive end. I just want – see, I, that's it. I, I want to I say this. I think they should absolutely be aggressive. And I think at a level 10, like they got ammo and they should be using it at a level 10 of aggressiveness. Now, I'm going to be honest. My heart, my want to, my entertainment, my dream, what I can envision screams, go get Jamison Williams. Oh, God, he just, yeah, I mean, he gets me. He gets me going in a major way to imagine him with Kelsey, with uh, with with Andy, with with Pat. Oh my God! I mean, I'm not gonna say he's Tyreek at all, but this dude's speed is game changing. And then when Mitchie got hurt, the other Alabama receiver, he showed he can run more than one route, and he did things. And he was, I mean, he is a as soon as. He touches the ball, you know. Hey, here we go. He could go. He could give you six and take it to the house at any moment, which he showed at, at, in big cases. And the injury does not scare me at all. He is something special, and he'd be something special for years to come for cheap. So my heart says, "Oh, go up there and go get him." Oh, it does, because I think he is special and would fit this. But I got to think with my mind and take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. And yes, they need to be aggressive, but not at that position. Uh-huh. They don't need to be aggressive at wide receiver. They need to be aggressive at pass rusher. As you talked about and you said those names, they need to be aggressive at edge rusher. I, listen, I don't know about Kayvon Thibodeau. As I said, man, my man's got some real – he's got some real Kyrie Irving vibes to him, man. I, <laughs> what is the issue? I feel uh, like I mean, it's all this pre-draft stuff that's been fabricated to make him oh, drop the man. draft. He says dumb stuff all the time. <laughs> I'm not even like, man, he said, and he thinks he's smart. He's the type of guy that thinks he's smarter than than he really is. Like my man said, you know, I, I, I hey, did I want to go to Alabama? Do I want to be known as somebody who won national championships? Or did I want to go to Oregon and be somebody known about a brand? Like, what are you talking about? Why in the <laughs> hell would you say that before the draft? Why would you say that dumb stuff before the draft? Today he was saying his one last message uh, to GMs and guys around the league was he said something like, don't don't go up the stairs without taking all these steps or something ridiculous <laughs> of what he said. He's just, he just, he has these, he thinks he's giving deep messages, but he's not. He asked Joel Klett, you know what to do with a fishing pole? Like, I just – he just has some real – and I think he can, he can play. 
And I'm not even afraid of taking plays off because the Chiefs' best defensive player still takes plays off, but he still makes major plays at Christian. I'm not, it's just like, hey, this dude got some. I, I honestly have a concern about if this dude loves football or he loves what football can do for him. I'm not saying Ben Simmons, but I mean, there's there's something to that. And right now, I mean, like Chris Jones, there was some of those similar questions, but Chris Chan, Chris Jones came into Tom Bali. Chris Jones came into Justin Houston. Chris Jones came into one of the best leaders I've ever got to see up close in person and Eric and Eric Berry on his side of the ball. My man here is rolling in Chris Jones, the same type of dude that he is. And nobody's listening to Frank. So, I mean, I just, I like, I, I look at this and I, you know, I, I, I'm concerned about him, especially what you'd have to give up. But the Jermaine Johnson kid from Florida State, he is moving up because everyone is starting to see the quality of edge rushers in this in this draft. And there is a huge drop-off yep. from, the, from the kid from Purdue. There's a huge drop-off from him. I've seen him anywhere mostly from like 13 and 15 until the last couple of days where he's moved crazily to four, but I've started to see in the 8, 9, 10 range. I would go up to go get him because to, you, to eight nine ten. I would go up to eight nine ten. I would trade in twenty nine and thirty to do I, that. You good with I, it? I, I I'm I'm good with it. I I think this team because listen here here's my I think this team so badly needs that position. They screwed it up to 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 arrive here to where they are they are left with nothing right now. Like this team, how bad this team needs Melvin Ingram how bad they need him right now. You can't put yourself in a position where you need Melvin Ingram. But right, right now, you go to the depth chart, they still got Chris Jones at defensive end with Frank on the other side. Like, that can't – they they have – they need if – they're, if they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year, when you got Patrick Mahomes, and Brett Beach said you got Patrick Mahomes, we're in the hunt of that. They got to fix that position. And this is the only avenue left where they can go and try to get somebody – that could be an impact guy. And so I, my, my one place where I'll disagree with you, Ron, is like if you – so you're you're making the assumption Thibodeau is off the board already, right? Like you, yeah. if you're making that move for Jermaine Johnson, it's because he's there and Karloftis is still there, right? Yeah. I would wait on Karloftis. I would mm-hmm. wait until they get to – maybe he's getting – maybe you think like 15, somewhere around there. That That's where he's probably going to go off of the board. I would do it there, where you could trade twenty nine. There's a clear and... difference between those two, man. See, that's that's where we disagree a little bit because yeah. I I think Karloftis and Johnson, Johnson first of all is two and a half years older, and, and I do have value in that. I think two years from now, Karloftis could easily be better than what you're seeing right now from Jermaine Johnson. And we know this team they value age. It's part of why they don't go out there and play in the thirty plus year old free agency market. The next contract, Jermaine Johnson is going to be 28, 29 years old. So I, I I think that's part of the conversation here. But I would wait to get Karloftis around 15 because I don't have that same question about the difference between those two guys. I think they're similar enough. I would wait on him. That would be the guy that I would be targeting in the mid-first round for 29 and 50 as opposed to having to send both 29 and 30 to move up to get my edge rusher. But I respect the I respect the aggressiveness. I view Thibodeau the way you view Johnson. 
That's the difference. I would do that same move if Thibodeau was falling. I would well, not do it for John. I think Thibodeau is is probably the best natural pass rusher in this draft. I I, I do uh, even better than 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 Aiden Hutchinson. I agree. I just uh, I I man, there's there's just every time he opens up his mouth, it just <laughs> I'm not I mean I can't even it just I get Kyrie Irving vibes. I I, I mean I get him in a major way. And I, I, now, if he starts falling into the seven eight range, uh, all right, then 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 I can hear it, you know. But boy, I mean, he makes me nervous. I don't like. I, I, I Here's don't a question for you, Ron. Follow up for you. Follow up. You're at ten. Thibodeau and Johnson are still on the board. You move up because it's the only spot between then, and this is just a hypothetical scenario. It's the only spot between then and 17 where you're realistically going to be able to go because nobody else wants to move out. Are you moving up for Johnson or Thibodeau? Which one are you taking there? Ron is thinking right now. I'd, uh, I, I, yeah, I forgot we're on the podcast. Are we? Um, yeah, man, I, I, I don't think I'd it's probably, I'd probably close my eyes and hold my breath and hold my nose and pick Thibodeau, but I, I'd be concerned as hell. I mean, yeah. I would be really concerned as hell. But like, I mean, you, the talent there and that drop the value is, is so major. I, I would go there. I don't think he'll be there, but I like to me. You got. I think you have to come out there with a guy that has the ability to get seven, eight sacks next year. I think yeah. you got to, I think you have, I think it is a must. Cause See, I just, I don't I, think. I don't, I, I don't think that though. Cause, and I, I know you said like, you still view them as a Super Bowl team. I'm not necessarily viewing them that way. Uh, they're, they're a really, really good team and they're going to be really competitive in the AFC. But I think they're looking around the, the, the conference and saying like, everybody is loaded up. Everybody's got difference makers in a way that we don't. So I don't think that you need to you you need to move a bunch of draft assets to go get a guy that you like say, okay, this guy's got to pan out year one. He's got to have like eight to ten sacks. Like at this point, I am am more fine with them. Like if they move up, it being in like the teens, not necessarily to like the top ten where you have to give up both first round picks because I want both of those. So I would rather they wait on a guy, even like a a project guy like Arnold Abiketti and take a chance on him. And that way you don't have to give up both of your first round picks to move up for one player. That's interesting because that's what I don't want them to do. I I don't want them to wait because I sort of, I think that's probably the most common thing I've seen in mock drafts so far is one of Arnold Abiketti out of Penn state. He's a solid pass rusher. He's a redshirt senior, 23 years old. Either him or Boye Mafe. Every mock draft that I'm looking at right now has one of those two guys going to the Chiefs at either 29 or 30. I'm not interested. I am not interested in doing that. If you're going to go that route, I would rather wait. There's a guy by the name of Josh Paschal who's coming out of Kentucky this year. He's a second, maybe a third round pick that you get yet. You probably have to take him with your last second round pick to get him. I would rather have him at 62 than take one of those other guys in the first round. And honestly, if we're if we're talking about this and kind of relating it back to our conversation we had earlier, if you can get Robert Quinn for a second or third round pick, I would rather trade for Robert Quinn 
than get one of those two guys in the first round as well and just yeah, figure I, that position out next year. One, I don't think that they are operating. Sir, I could be wrong. I don't think I would hope to God they're not operating with, hey, this isn't a year where we're going to try to win a Super Bowl or we're in Super Bowl contention. I hope they're not operating that way. Well, I they're, hope they're going to try to win, but you got to be realistic with what's no, going on right now. No, I no, I, and I and I hope they are being realistic to the fact of saying we've got to do things to try to improve this team to get to that to that point. Right. And I like if they're not doing that, then don't move anywhere. Just select at 29 and 30 and let's start building for two years from now. Don't do anything. I listen I, I, to me. You have two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours. Right? You got a, a what nine sevens. It feels like they got 12 picks. They don't need them. All them bodies. They need to get a big time, a big time contributor on the defensive line that can rush the passer so they can at least put themselves in the best position. They got the best player in the planet right now. They've got and they've got the best coaching and play and quarterback combination and they got the best tight end in the planet. Like they they can they can do things I to try to get themselves in a position to be competing for a championship. I, I just can't get to a point of look around and hey man, let's just let's just chill. Now don't move up to 17. Don't move hey, up to anything. On your path, though, one thing that I do find interesting, there are some injured guys in this year's draft as well. And David Ojabo, a uh, edge rusher out of Michigan, he would probably be a top 15 pick. He would be in that category that we were talking about with Jermaine Johnson and George Karloftis, if not for his injury. He's going to probably miss the entirety of his season um, because of an injury that took place. I believe it was at his pro day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he tore his Achilles. Yeah. Is he a guy that you would be interested in taking then because you're not necessarily looking at this the same way that me and Rod are with this being a real all-in win season? If you're not in that mindset, I think David Ojaba, whether it be at 30 or even more importantly, maybe at 50 or moving up from 50, is he a guy you're targeting then? Yeah, I would be totally fine with him drafting him. And yeah, I think because of the injury, I don't think he's a guy that you'd have to take at 30 which like I, I think he is a guy that you could probably get at 50 because it's you're you're committing to him not being available at all this next season. Like I know Cam Akers came back for the Rams from a torn Achilles. Like generally guys just don't do that in the same calendar year that they that they tear that ligament. So there will be no reason to push it. So yeah, and there's no reason to do it. It's just when we talk about this draft class, my biggest problem is that like you know, everyone that I've talked to, everything that I've listened to, listened to, watch, everything that I've done on this draft class is overall, it's just not a very good draft class. Like every position group, it's like Aiden Hutchinson, top three pick, just because the edge rushers aren't really that good. And so if you're not confident that any of these guys are going to be those dudes, why, why give up? all of your draft capital that, that you acquired to, to move up and get one of those guys in the top 10 when you could just say like, well, we want to acquire depth. We want to build up foundational pieces for the future. And they already have some of those from the draft class last year, but I still think they're trying to replenish and rebuild this thing. So while they still probably view themselves as Super Bowl contenders, it's okay for us to admit that they might not be that next season because the division's so stupid. Well, they might not be that next season, especially if they're just going to sit back and just <laughs> and not do nothing. Like I, I like I, I think you, I think you can't tell half the story. Because what would it take, uh, honestly? What do you think it would take to go get uh, a, a defensive end in the top ten or in the top thirteen? 
29 and 30. Yeah. 29 you can and get 30. To, uh, in this year's draft, you could, it's a little less in terms of the points. 29 but and 30. 29 right, 30 29 gets you there. Then you, then you still have two picks in the second round, two picks in the third round, two picks in the fourth round. I mean, you still have a, a, a bunch of picks to, to replenish your team. And to build your yeah, team. I guess I, I'm also just thinking about right? like I mean, I, the wide receivers that I would want them to take at the back end of the first round. If you trade up and you don't have a pick again until number 50, you're going to miss out on a run of those guys. And so there's other players that I'm sure that they like who you can take in the mid rounds who we'd be fine with them taking. But it, it's it's pushing all your chips into the biggest need on your roster, which I totally all agree chips. with. It's not all but your then, chips. But then it's seriously limiting the other stuff and saying – well, we got to hit on these guys. And I don't know if I'm confident in Brett Veach hitting on those guys. That's right, a well, good uh, segue, Ron, because we got to yeah, talk. We, we're, we're 45 minutes in. And we haven't talked about this receiver class uh, probably as much as most Chiefs fans would expect. I don't want them to trade up for a receiver. And I know that probably hits Chiefs fans ears right now. And they're like, BK, how, how could you possibly say that? That is the number one need. They traded Tyreek Hill. They don't have a replacement for him. Go get Jamison Williams. Go get Drake London. Go get Garrett Wilson. What of these top receivers? I like a lot of these receivers, man. I don't want them to trade up for Wilson, London, or Williams. I'd be fine with them taking if one of them falls into the 20s. Maybe then you make a small trade up for Olave or Burks. I would be perfectly fine with one of Pickens, Moore, maybe Dotson at 30. And then if you wait until 50 or 62, that's where I like the idea of Watson, Tolbert, or Mechie, one of those three guys. There are so many players that if they were in your top three next year, I'm fine with them as being okay options for you at 30, 50, or 62. I have no interest in them moving up because I view all of them as just being really solid at best number twos. None of these guys are legitimate number one wide receivers, and you don't trade this kind of capital to get a guy that projects to be a number two. I just I think you got to take a deep breath. And you have to, and, and, and Chiefs fans, I know you believe this. I believe the Chiefs have to operate thinking this. You have the best player on the planet at the most important position. At some point, you have to believe that that guy can can create, him and Andy Reid can create their version of a Cooper Cup. That they can create their version of a player that's not maybe drafted in the first round that they get at 50 or 67 where they have in the second round, that they can create a Robert Woods, that they can create a Cooper cup, that they can create that type of guy. And I, I, I'm putting that on Patrick Mahomes shoulders and Andy Reed's shoulders. I think they can do that as much as I would love to see Jamison Williams. And I don't know if I've made that very clear as much as I would love to see him out on that field with them. I've got to trust and believe that Patrick Mahomes can create a player and create a receiver like I've watched Sean McVay do with the Rams. Like I've watched, like, I mean, Sean McVay, Cooper Cup was a really good player. Sean McVay and then Matt Stafford came in and Cooper Cup is a, a damn is secretary, a triple crown. Man. <laughs> but like, I, I just believe. Mahomes and them can do that at, at 50 and at 67. So, I, I yeah, I, as hard as it is for me to admit, and I think that is a need for them, not I think, it is a need for them. I, I just think there are guys in this draft to where you put them in this offense with those guys that he can help create these guys to be better.
and they did host Texas Tech wide receiver Eric Azukanma on a uh, top don't 30 list. I hope and, they don't him. I don't want to say his name. I mean, well, he, he seems to be a guy that they could really be interested in. He's a guy that you can get in, in like the mid round because he's he, he seems like he could be a talented player, but he had really bad quarterback play in, in college. So that's why he's kind of lower in the draft. But I also just want George Pickens. So <laughs> take him later, but get George Pickens like that, that. I'll be happy if they get George Pickens in this draft. Yeah, I, I think that if you get a George Pickens, I would take him at 30. I think it seems like he might even be there at 50 for you. But I love Pickens. I love Sky Moore. A lot of people seem to be, a lot of Chiefs fans specifically, seem to be down on the idea of him. They could take Sky Moore at 30. I would be thrilled. He's going to be a really good player. He can play on the outside. He can play inside. Uh, I've seen him compared to Golden Tate. If I, if I told you, Ron, right now that next year you go into the season with Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, prime Golden Tate, and McCole Hardman, that's a perfectly fine top four in your receiving core. So uh, with, that would be a yeah, guy that with, I really like as well. With Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you've you got know, the best tight that, end of the NFL. He's the coverage dictator in, in, in this scenario. So, I like, I just think they – I, I got I to believe that is – that is – the weapon that you have when you have the guy is that you don't have to have AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and everybody all together to try to make this thing great. They've had it, but he should be able to create, and him and Andy should be able to create that. Uh, so I'm I'm with that receiver. I know many people look at that uh, and, and in the draft, and God knows I can I would salivate to see Debo Samuel's. I would salivate to see Jamison Williams, but they got other stuff. They don't have a pass rusher on the other side of anybody. Okay. I, I, at all. Right. Frank, you can't depend on at all. Right? Josh Kando, baby. Like they don't have any, they don't have it ready to roll. Mike Dana. Right? He's probably the best edge rusher they got. <laughs> oh, he's, he's your starting sure defensive be, end yeah. opposite Frank Clark right now. Yeah, he's for right sure now. the other starting defensive right end. now. Like they should be looking for somebody to, to to take to to take Frank Clark down, but whatever. I just I mean they've got to fill that void. To be honest, all right. Speaking of that, to fill that void, all right. We haven't addressed this combination of Brett Veach and Andy Reid, and a lot of this is trust. And they've had some since these this two combination has gotten together. They've had some good, but they've had some. I and they've had some bad like I for me personally my level of confidence between these two is probably at a five right now at a five five? yeah with how important this draft is I just they've made some moves last year you know they fixed that offensive line I, I like Creed Humphrey and then the steal of the draft and maybe the last five six years with Trey Smith in the sixth round like that 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 was big time and Nick Bolton was good but man they've had they've had some I mean you start looking at the real difference makers on this like the real difference makers who have been those guys on this team I mean they're John Dorsey picks like oh or they're guys that they I'm talking about draft wise that the Chiefs drafted they're they're John Dorsey picks like who is who is Creed Humphrey is he the best Creed and Trey are they the best drafted players that Veach and Andy have, have pulled together. And that 
we did last year. Right? I mean, Willie Gay, you yeah. could throw in there. I mean, Willie Gay's been pretty good, but I mean, they they got they got to get a to me in my opinion, yours is different. They got to get a starting edge rusher, and they've got to get another receiver, and they've got to get another corner to add depth and and guys that can play day one, day one with two ones, two twos, two threes, and two fours. They got to figure that out. Um, and I, listen, for me, just looking at their history together. I just wish you could bring John Dorsey in just for about an hour and a half for, for about four days. Then I, I, I feel real good about John Dorsey evaluating some of these players, but I, I'm at about a five uh, uh, with, with, with Brett Veach and Andy Reid in this combination. So I get it. I understand it completely, but I think a big part of the story is the context of how they've come to that because first round picks are about a 50, 50 proposition. You got about a 50, 50 chance of being able to draft a guy that you consider to be a really good NFL player. If you take them in the first round, you go to the second round, it drops to about 30, 35%. You go to the third round, it continues dropping from there. And then by day three, it's a lottery ticket. Everything is just a hope and a prayer that you get somebody that can contribute over the life of that rookie deal. And you look at what they've had, Ron, in terms of the draft capital in this current era of the Chiefs front office. So I'm looking at the Brett Veach era. 2018, they don't have a first round pick because they traded that for Patrick Mahomes. That went well. 2019, they don't have a first-round pick because they traded for Frank Clark. Now, that obviously went incredibly poorly, but they didn't have that draft capital available to them. Last year, you don't have your first-round pick because you had to trade it to be able to get that offensive tackle because previously you missed on an offensive tackle in Lucas Niang, and now you've got to figure out what to do there, and your guy just had a torn Achilles. So that's part of this story as well. They traded their guy or their pick that should have had a 50-50 proposition of being able to become a significant contributor. So you look back, the top 50 picks that they have had in the last four years, traded up for Breland Speaks, disaster. Can't have it. That's part of why they're in the situation they're in right now with defensive end, because they missed wildly on that pick. The Good only God, other top 50 hard. pick that they've had in the last four years, Ron, is Clyde. That's it. So this year, you look at what their draft capital is. They've got three of those picks. I believe they should be able to get more significant contributors this year because of the capital that they've got at their expense. You just expect these guys to be able to come in and contribute in a way that you haven't in the past. Do they have the best evaluators in the room? I don't know. It's hard to say right now. Last year, I liked their draft. The two years prior to that wasn't so great. So they've got to knock it out of the park, but I think the capital gives me more belief that because they're going to be able to move up and the up and down the board the way they haven't been able to in previous years, I think they're going to be able to get better contributors. No, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I get that. I mean, those are some some really good points. It's just it's just still like I mean, when you look at what it came down to, there are some there are some issues, but what it came down to, I bet you start rolling out John Dorsey's picks. And I bet you if we even take the first round away, we start looking down there and start seeing some of the guys that they picked up. Like, he's hitting a lot more than these cats did. Go ahead, sir. You got a lot yeah. in your heart. I don't think that I'm super confident in, in <laughs> each's drafting ability. But, again, I am kind of more confident in the overall plan because I think they have shown over and over again that they have, like, long-term plans in place and they execute them pretty well, like – we saw them rebuild the defense, and it worked. We saw them rebuild the offensive line last season, and it worked. 
And so those plans have worked out. Now this is the most draft capital he's ever had. It's got to work out in the draft. And it did last year for the most part, because you got three contributing players. That's a strong draft class under any circumstance. And all three of those guys are going to be starters. So you kind of need that level uh, of execution in this year's draft. Like you need at least like three guys that are day one starters for this team coming out of this draft. And I I think it's really hard to do that in back-to-back NFL drafts. But if you feel confident in their process and they, and they seem to be doing a better job of evaluating players, maybe it is just luck. Then I think you sh- you can be hopeful, but I'm still not super confident in Beach because I, I just don't know if I trust his talent evaluating. Ron, I would challenge you on the top fifty thing. If you look at the the guys that outside of his first year, that first draft, I mean, he got Travis Kelsey, that's a future Hall of Famer, like that's really good. But otherwise, outside of the top fifty, didn't do a whole lot his first year here in in KC. Now Davis, Nico Johnson, Sanders Cummings, uh, Eric Cush, Braden Wilson, Mark Catapano. Not a whole lot of contributing players in that range. In 2014, Philip Gaines, DeAnthony Thomas, Aaron Murray, Zach Fulton. You did get a starting offensive guard in the sixth round in the LDT. The next year, outside of the top 50, Chris Conley, Steven Nelson, Rameek Wilson, DJ Alexander, James O'Shaughnessy, Rakeem Nunez uh, Roches, and then Deron Brown. Like You go through the list of the players that John Dorsey took outside of the top 50. He got a few obviously hall of fame caliber guys. And that's, I can't take that away from him. Tyree Kareem, Hill, Hunt, Travis Kareem, Kelsey. Kareem Hunt's got to be coming down the pipes there. I yep. was going to say Tyree kill. I know you didn't mention in the fifth round. He was yeah. in the next year. Yeah. That that's, that is where it's hard for me to disagree with, but I look at last year, like that's where that comes into effect for, for what this current front office looks like. Like you see Creed Humphrey and you see a guy like Trey Smith, like those are really good picks for him outside of the top 50. I'm going to give him a chance. I've got more faith in this front office than I think you guys do. I'm not saying I'm not going to give him a chance. I'm just saying based on like what the evidence I have is, you know, yeah, he hasn't had as many top 50 picks, but the, the picks that he has had, I mean, there are, there are a lot of holes in the draft. So that's, that's the only thing I can base off of what he's going to do because like, I've like, I mean, you're right. Like John Dorsey, I see him go get Marcus Peters in the first round. I see him go get Patrick Mahomes in the first round and move up and pick the right quarterback. Um, that in, and then I've seen him go get Tyreek Hill in the fifth. I've seen him go get go get uh, Kareem Hunt in the third and let the league in rushing as a rookie. As you said, Travis Kelsey in the third. I got, I, you know, so I've seen him do it all, do both. And I just, from the evidence I have is, I know, and I'm going to say this and I apologize to you right now, uh, Brett, but it is hard for me to shake Breland Speaks. It really is. It is hard for me to shake Breland Speaks. Breland Speaks, and uh, and and, and that, one, that was hard for me. But really, any draft class, if you get two players, like two guys who make an impact for you, that's a good draft class. Like they really need three this year. But that's really all he's got to do is get two more guys that can contribute. That's it. That's I've got a I've got a mock for you guys. A realistic, I think this is what could happen on draft day. You ready for this, Ron? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, am I? They trade 30 and 50 to go up and get Carl Loftus. How are you feeling? I don't love it, but at least they're at least they're addressing a need. Serta? Yeah, I don't love it either, but <laughs> I just be like, well, whatever. So it's, it's, it's the guy they wanted. Okay. 
Let's see how I think that's very realistic for what you could see. 29, they go off the board. They surprise a lot of people. They do not take a wide receiver. They take one of either Travis Jones, a defensive tackle out of UConn, who's a nose tackle that's going to replace next year what you currently have in Derek Nottie, who's on a one-year deal. Or they take Daxton Hill, a safety slash nickel corner out of Michigan, who I think is a very realistic possibility for the Chiefs. You could replace him as well with uh, Scene. I know you like him. Serta, he's a safety as well. A guy that's going to be a nickel slash third safety for you, one of those two. What do you? How do you feel about those options for you at 29? I like either one of those players, and I would be happy with it because – I think those guys can be impact players, but I, I understand that it's like not it's not the highest on, on the list of needs and, and and Chiefs fans will not be happy about it. But I would be happy about it because I think those guys could fill big needs on the defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. More the kid Ron from loves Mich- my mock so far. <laughs> more the more the kid from Michigan because, he you know, he does stuff that they like. You know, he's versatile. He can he can do a couple of different things. So more more him than the kid from Georgia, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right, I know so, I so just, far right Ron now you're has... just not you're not coming out of anything right now with guys, and I'm like, man, all right, these guys got a chance to really really make a difference. All right, so we've got Karloftis, and then in the in the Ron Hughley version, Dax Hill. Uh, at you, you trade up, you're moving up from 62. You're trading 62 and 94. Uh, that'll get you right around the 50 range to the pick that you previously had, but you traded because you wanted to go up and get Karloftis. You get one of, and I can't tell you which one's going to be there, but whichever receiver falls between Pickens, Moore, and Dotson. How are you feeling about getting that guy right around pick 50? Yeah, I like that. I'd I be like happy it. with Sky Moore there. I don't think Pickens is going to fall that. I don't think so either, but there's those off-field questions about him that I just I don't know how to value him right now. But one of the those three guys. He's, he's something else, though. Your when next pick is pick 103 at the back end of the third, and you take a linebacker there. Whoever your favorite linebacker is that could be there. I, everybody's got a different one. And then you trade 121 for James Bradbury. How are you feeling about coming out of the top 125 with Karloftis, da- uh, Daxton Hill, one of those wide receivers. Let's say it's Sky Moore that you end up getting there a linebacker at 103 and Bradbury at 121. Yeah, the Bradbury thing would be the best thing to happen. I mean, it, it's a, <laughs> it's a big a big void. I'm just I'm not saying it's horrible, but he would be the best thing to happen that feels like a guy that you know can come in and be a contributor right away and he's going to be a starter for you. Uh and and I do I like the I like the receiver. I mean, I don't think Pickens will be there either I, I get, but if you had a chance to pull him off, but I like the receiver there because I do think that that Patrick Mahomes and and Andy Reid, I, I I expect that they are able to make that that pick, whatever receiver that is, a contributor, a a, a person that is that is in your top three four. James Bradbury would be huge. I I think if you come out of this draft class to James Bradbury, you got to be very happy about that. But I also don't hate all of those players that they drafted. So in that circumstance. Well, I don't love Karloftis. I would be fine with everything. The reason why I wanted to bring that up as a realistic possibility, Ron, is because I think that the Chiefs are going to probably leave this draft with two to three guys that you feel pretty good about and nobody that you feel great about. Like, I, I hate to end it on a kind of sour note. I think that's this draft. Like, I would love them to go up. Sir, I know we're on the same page here. Ron, I know you hate him, but I would love them to go get 
Kayvon Thibodeau, and I would feel great about it. And if they got him, I would think that day one, they've got an instant impact 10-plus sack guy. I love but, his talent. Oh, I, I do love that. I just... I just don't think he's going to be there. I think ultimately the talent's too much. He's going to probably end up going top 10. They can't get up that high. And I think what you're going to get is a pretty solid defensive end, middle first round. You get a wide receiver that is not Jamison Williams or Chris Olave, a guy that's going to be more in the Dotson, Moore range. And then you end up getting somebody at 30 or 29 that you weren't expecting. You're like, really? That That's what they got there? Okay. And you feel okay about it, but you're kind of left wanting a little bit more. I think that's what this draft's ultimately going to be for the Chiefs. Right, wrong, or indifferent? Would y'all be all right if they got Jermaine Johnson? If you switch Karloftis to Johnson? Would you be all right if they came away with this draft with Jermaine Johnson? I like Jermaine Johnson. I think he's a really good player. I'm just not trading top 10 to get him. I I just – I think they are in a position with the draft capital that they have where they can do, I think – what we both want them to do, I think, in terms of what Serta wants them to do and what I think we want them to do. And ultimately, I think it's the whole plan is I think they have enough draft capital to really add to their team in the future and enough draft capital to go be aggressive and try to get a real difference maker at a position of need. Yeah, I this is the most excited I've been about a draft in five let me, years. I, let me let, I just want to throw one more thing out. What if Sauce Gardner starts really dropping? He's not going to drop that far. What if, if he gets to 10, you trade up. And, and you say, say, screw the defensive you got to end, 10, we'll get if, Robert Quinn. If you got to 10, would you trade up Yes, to go get Sauce Gardner? What about Stingley Jr.? Same. Yeah, for either one of them. Really? Okay. That's interesting. Hey, Jordan Davis, we didn't talk about him at all. Big would you move up to get him? No. Serta? And Probably. It just depends on what the ask is, I guess. Thirty but, plus fifty to get to the middle of the first. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd be probably consider that. I would do it. I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't do it with him. I but like on, Jordan. only if only if your edge rushers are already off the board. You got to be wiped out at edge. They got to all go top fifteen, and then if that happens, I, I would consider doing that. Man, dude, that that cat, man. What he played forty percent of the snaps last year. Have you seen that defensive line? Something Their like backup that. defensive tackle is the best defensive lineman on that roster, and I, he's I, not I, even eligible for this year's uh, I'm not, draft. I'm not saying he was just amazing. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying like he only played 40 percent of the snaps. That that that's something there that you're giving up all that, and, and and to see how he plays differently because the first time they played Alabama, that fool was gassed, and he was not the same player in the second quarter. And you could tell the conditioning was a thing. Now, he has dropped weight. He is at 345, I think, instead of the 365 he played in last year. So we'll see. I don't know, man. I just – I don't know the impact that he brings is worth it enough for me there. So your ideal first round, Ron, is trading up for Johnson, and then what do you get at – what do you get at the other first round pick? Oh, uh, I, I would look into the receiver, the receiver area or corner. Who's your guy? We I, I like Sky Moore. I like George Pickens. Who's your guy that you want there? That's probably going to be there. Um, I like Burks. Um, I think he's a different body type. I like Burks. Uh, and um, no, I, I like Pickens too. I like Pickens as well. When he's healthy, he's a guy that can go, uh, that can go win contested balls and things like. I I, I like those two in that area. And I don't I don't hate the Watson kid 
but oh like no, YouTube. can we end it here? I said I don't hate him. I'm not saying I love him. I don't hate him. I mean, you guys despise the fella. Just, if that I'm dude not, is a top fifty pick, good. that team's making a mistake. It's just an absolute mistake. Congratulations on getting MVS, but he needs five years to become MVS. I don't know. Yeah, I hate that kid. I, 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 I'm intrigued. A I don't bit hate him. That. He's gonna go high. Somebody's gonna take him way higher than they should. I just don't want it to be the Chiefs. Where would you take him? 60? 62, I'm fine with it. Yeah, sixty-two. All right. Um, that is uh, that is BK. That is Serta. Uh, I am Ron. The show. That's nice little uh, draft special. Uh, we finally go make best of the week, baby. I'm excited about this now. <laughs> I'm excited about this, baby. All right, that is uh, showing BK on the Chiefs. We are 